Greetings and aloha. Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. So grateful that you decided to tune in at this time in human history at this exacting moment. And uh, this is the moment, if there ever was a moment. Uh, wow, so much to talk about, so much to say. We are continuing our quote unquote COVID 19 interview series and all the, you know, all the shenanigans that are going along with it. We are going to dive deep into that. And we have someone that does, definitely does not need any introduction, and his name is David Avocado Wolf, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, very good friend of mine, um, one of the original mentors of mine in the holistic health, raw food, nutrition, natural foods world, someone that I've looked up to for a long time. And this is our fourth recorded conversation, and uh, you know... God's delays are not God's denials, as David always used to say. That was one of the quotes I got from you way back when. That, that one always stuck with me, and it, it rings true right in this moment, because as I was telling you, it was literally getting blocked. Every time I'm trying to do a Facebook Live for an hour, I'm, I'm just like banging my head against the keyboard, and uh, you know, things, some things got switched around, mixed around, and here we are, and it finally worked. So, so grateful to have you on, David. How are you doing? Dude, best ever. Thanks, Ronnie. Great to see you and great to, to uh, be on the show here. We've got a lot to cover and I've been in the middle of this storm nonstop via my Telegram channel, which I think you've been monitoring. Yeah. And therefore, every day I get up, I'm on it from that moment till three or four in the morning and then, you know, back at it again at eight or nine. Mm hmm. So, okay, so this storm, this whole debacle, this whole situation, I've had so many different people on from Michael Tessarian to, I had Elijah Ray on, we did a two hour deep dive a couple weeks ago, he's deep into all this, has been for a long time, um, Richard Rudd of all people, the Jinkies, I mean, I've just pulled Coop Blackson, I've pulled so many different people from so many different angles to get all these different perspectives, and, and my feeling on everything, David, is that the biggest pandemic is a pandemic of perspective. There's so much hysteria. There's so much nonsensical, uh, I mean, I don't know what the word is, silliness, if you will, is one word to, cat to categorize the behavior that I'm seeing out there. I wanna get from you, I have a question for you to start this off. What the heck is going on? <laughs> Great question. It's, well, number one, there's a massive gong show going on. And uh, it's bizarre, weird AF. It's just completely pandemonium out there right now because what you're really dealing with, and I think Alex Jones got this right, you're dealing with an info war. It's an information war. And the, the contradictions are massive. If you're bought into mainstream media, it's FEAR nonstop. It's lies. It's deceptions. It's statements that are not based in science that are being passed along as part. It's scientism. Basically, the mainstream media is pushing the scientism agenda, which is something that's disguised cleverly to look like science, but it's actually just pure propaganda. For example, the masks themselves. You can march 5,000 viruses side by side across through those mask pores. It's not stopping any virus. The whole thing's absurd. Um, I just published on my Telegram page today. You know, I run that Telegram daily news feed, which I want to get into and invite your listeners if they want to get into it. It's, I, I'm on it every Absolutely. day. Absolutely, yes. Um, it, it, I published it today. All the scientific research that proves the masks don't work. 
So what we're getting is a, is a scientism gong show. And what scientism is, is the discovery. And it's really a profound discovery. It's kind of a, it's like Nietzsche said, God is dead. And then today we find, oh, actually God isn't dead. There is a higher power. There's higher powers at work. There's things above us in the hierarchy of spirit. And what's happening is, is that we're being ground down into a materialistic, mechanistic deception. Rudolf Steiner called it the aramonic deception that is again, disguised like science. So, Oh, it looks like science feels like science. It's cleverly sold to science, but it is not scientific at all. And that's where the exposure is happening. That's where we're starting to see that people are starting to wake up and go, wait a second. These masks aren't scientific. Wait a second. The, the COVID-19 test is not scientific. It's an 80% false positive. We had the president of Tanzania. This has been also corroborated. It was carried by Reuters News Service and Associated Press. He, he sent in a goat sample that he put it in the goat's nose and he put one in a fruit, sent it in. They came back as COVID-19 positive. We also have the COVID-19 test that came out in late February. It might have been, no, it was March. And they were contaminated with COVID-19. Now, if that, that sounds to me like terrorism, they're sending you a test that's trying to contaminate you with COVID-19 that's been created by the CDC. That's terrorism. Not to mention mm -hmm. about it in mainstream news. They don't even talk about it. Right. Just sloughed off. Mm -hmm. I, I, th okay, there's a few things there. One thing I want to get off my chest and get, well, really just to get your, your, your thoughts on epidemiology epidemiological studies now when you say scientism there is a there's a bifurcation within the scientific um consensus or the idea of what science is obviously and i, I wrote an article called um there it, it's in science we trust and it's really it was it was scientism it was an entire thing on scientism and it's funny you you mentioned the frederick nietzsche quote because that was one of the writing concepts that I use to actually elaborate my perspective on it. Obviously, I've gained a lot of that wisdom from listening to you kind of whisper in my ear over the years and in different parties or different things we'd find ourselves in. And you'd be like, hey, dude, check this out, check this out, check this out. And I'd be like, oh, whoa, so, oh, science and scientism, these are two different things. So, anyways, epidemiology, virology, all these terms people are throwing out there. I posted um, a long thing on face masks. It went viral, and every person that tried to rebuttal the article, they'd bring up this thing of like, are you an epidemiologist? Are you a virologist? And I thought to myself, I'm like, this is so sad. Like, these people don't even know what they think epidemiology is like total science. And I want to get your take on that. Is that really the scientific method, or is that a form of scientism in of itself? Well, much of it is a form of scientism and epidemiology, the study of infectious diseases, is riddled with scientism. In fact, clear, let me delineate what scientism really is. Yeah, thank you. Science is the scientific method only. That's all that it is. Any beliefs, any ideas, any assumptions that are attached to the scientific method or trying to attach itself to science is not science at all. It's scientism. For example, oh, that's a psychic phenomenon. That doesn't exist. We can't study that. That's scientism, right? It's materialistic, lower spiritual energy, vibrational deceptions is trying to drive in a materialistic agenda.
And it, it, it is spiritual in origin, or we could also say it's parasitic in origin. So what's happening right now is the parasitic energies, the self-destructive energies of our reality, the energies that oppose creation, development, improvement, knowledge, and wisdom are at an all-time high, especially the materialism. And so what's happening with epidemiology, as is happening with almost every other science, is it's been completely ground down into scientism, where, oh, you, 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 you don't know, you're not a scientist. So it's like, well, actually, this study here, and this study here, and this study here, and this study here, and this study here, all say that your, your COVID-19 is not deadly. Um, and, and, and not only that, we don't even really know what the contagion is because it's really an exosome. So this is stuff that's being driven out of the cell. So we can't really say that, it, that what you're saying is true because our science is showing us this and the actual scientific method is showing us this. And they'll go, oh, no, 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 the science is settled. We know it's this. We know it's that. That is a religion. You know, that's one way to look at it, right? It's, re it's actually the way I look at it. It's religious fundamentalism. The idea that we had, you know, that, oh, it's secular. We've never been secular. What an absurdity. All that happened is we flipped from one religious fundamentalism to another. Now it's materialism, materialistic perspectives. Oh, we can't look at that because that can't exist because that would violate my belief system. We have to get rid of that evidence. Right. Um, we can't look at that either. You know, you're not an epidemiologist. We can't look at anything you give me because you're not a virologist. So we have to get rid of you too. Mm -hmm. and, and this has reached such a point of absurdity that it's almost, it's almost at this level now where we go well what is actually allowed in under the conventional mainstream narrative and they've narrowed that down you know narrative means narrowing Narrow. down wow wow yeah right they've <laughs> narrowed that down to such absurdities that people are starting to go this is this is bs mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that that is thank you for for clarifying and creating that distinction um one of the things, so you're, you're kind of, you're leading into a lot of my train of thought, which is not really a huge surprise. And one of the things I want to get your take on is psychological and psycho-emotional distress, because you mentioned the F-E-A-R campaign, the propagation, propaganda, the propagation of fear, and everything that's being spun out into the, 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 conscious, the conscious field through the through the the fear the fear drug salesman right the yeah, media fear mongering um, fear the, porn fear man fear porn what 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 i want to get your take on you know we hear all this stuff and obviously it's bs but it's worth mentioning and creating a context so, so whatever the arguments are out there i don't want to get into it because most of it is just nonsense but there's a lot of people that are that are infected by the pathology of fear and it's it's triggering their primal nervous system and all that stuff and what's going on what i what i observe going on anyways is that there's a lot of people that are you know they're they're assuming like oh the economy it's not that important oh oh just stay in your home just wear your mask like oh what's the big deal and what i think the big deal is that not only you know like okay you're afraid of a you're afraid of a virus you're afraid of this okay fine but you don't realize the ramifications and the consequences of social social isolation what happens to people psycho emotionally when they're caught when they're mandated to stay home and to isolate themselves and the the rates of suicidal tendencies or suicides themselves domestic abuse the fact that, especially I don't know about women in particular, but the fact that as men, I feel like we need to work. 
we need things to work on, right? We're just built that way. Like, so we're talking about mental and emotional health. And so with all that shared psychological and psycho-emotional distress through forced isolation, what are your thoughts on that? I've been talking to psychiatrists about it. I was talking to a psychiatrist about it yesterday and it's, it's very detrimental, especially stretched out this long because the human being is, a, is social in nature. And, and we enjoy and, and find value in our lives from our social interactions, right? Our friends at work, our, our colleagues like you and me, you know, people that have worked together for years, known each other for years. It's part of like what makes life wonderful, right? You know, all the friendships that you have and all the interactions that you have. I, I, I'm going to interject an idea here that I want us all to start thinking about. I've been looking into this more and more heavily and it's just came it just hit me one day from all this research on what's going on that this is really actually a a um a piece of the overall puzzle i guess that's the best way to say it and that is this social distancing concept is emanating from the world health organization it's emanating from certain not all epidemiologists the social distancing wording and self-isolation wording is being promulgated by Gates Foundation and Clinton Foundation and World Health Organization and Tedros and Gates himself and the whole thing. And that that specific phraseology and its effects, which we'll get into in a minute, are, have been determined algorithmically to, to foster uh, a problematic um, psychological state or disposition by here's the key one artificial intelligence algorithms these words like the new normal like the um, social distancing like self-isolate and self-isolation and the rest of them have been essentially determined and developed by artificial intelligences through algorithmic analysis. And that's why we're getting those. So the people running the world, they know that if we put that phraseology in enough, that people just fall in alignment with it psychologically. It's NLP basically, right? That's what it is. It's neuro-linguistic programming. You just say it enough times through your media assets, enough time through your government assets, enough time, times through Dr. Burtz and Dr. Fauci, enough times here and there. Eventually people just go, oh, I've got to self-isolate. They don't, it doesn't have to mean anything. It doesn't actually have to work. We're finding out it doesn't work. And it, it's all just programming. And, and the reason why they're doing it is, is because they are actually gathering even more data points about how to generate fear. Now, FEAR immediately, you know, years ago, we did a longevity conference, and I, I was doing a conference, that particular conference on the placebo effect. And I, there was crazy things I came across. For example, if somebody is in FEAR, and they just got a breast cancer diagnosis, so they're in FEAR, and then they come home, and they don't have a husband, a wife, they don't have a um, dog, they don't have something that loves them, a child, their chances of dying are often two or even three times greater, three times greater. And that was rife throughout all of the placebo effect data, that if you don't feel socially supported, socially in, in community, it shortens your lifespan. We know that the research done in that, what was that town in Pennsylvania? Reardon, Pennsylvania, do you remember? Reardon, Pennsylvania. It, they, no anyway, they, they had the lo greatest longevity in the United States. Oh, wow. And in the 60s, a bunch of scientists showed up there and were like, we're going to figure out what the heck's going on here. Maybe it's something in the water. Maybe it's something they're eating. And what they found out is that most of that town 
were people who'd come from a place, I think it was on the east side of Italy, in the middle of Italy. And one day a boat came and they all got on that boat and they came to the United States and they all ended up in that town as a community. And it was in fact their community cohesiveness that was the number one cause of their longevity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're starting to see what this self-isolation business really means. It distorts and disturbs your ability to develop immunity mm-hmm. because immunity has a lot mm-hmm. to do with community. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the words, <clears throat> immunity, community. That's pretty clear. Yeah. And they, and they even have, um, you know, they're, you know, like we have epigenetics. There's also social genomics. The fact that our genetics are influenced through our social circles and that of our, our parents and grandparents, the same way the epigenetic triggers are passed on by generationally, right? I found that really fascinating. It took me a minute to really wrap my head around. But then I, then I remember the study of psychoneuroimmunology and psychoneuroendocrinology, right? Which is just a fancy way of saying that our thoughts have an effect on our white blood cells. Our thoughts have an effect on our hormones. Surprise, surprise. If viruses are a real thing, which I suspect they are, um, I think the exosome theory is just pointing at another contagion that's actually affecting uh-huh. the cell, another problem. And when that problem affects that cell, it will excrete waste products, those waste products being the, what's being called the virus. Uh-huh. Okay. Something like that's going on. I've been studying this yeah. for 30 years. I met Dr. Peter Duesberg. He was staying below me in the apartment below me where I was living in UC Santa Barbara when I was there in, in uh, 1990. And I spent a whole night talking to Dr. Peter Duesberg, and he gave me the whole download on retroviruses and his whole opinion and position on viral theory. And his position was that a single causative agent like HIV cannot cause AIDS. You have to have all these other cofactors. You have to have cancer viruses. You have to have collapsed immune system. You have to have parasites. All this stuff has to be going on. And especially very poor nutrition, very poor body care for it to collapse into a Kaposi sarcoma and all these other things associated with AIDS. Mm. He taught me that 30 Mm. years Mm. ago. Mm -hmm. So what the actual contagion is that's that's forcing the exosomes out of the the cells is something that may be not understood in mainstream scientific journals, but may be understood by people behind the scenes in unpublished materials. And I suspect that's been going on all along. Um, and some of that could be involved in what's going on here with COVID-19 and that they may have released numerous different types of contagion. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I and suspect that that's yeah. going Italy, Iran, and China. That's okay. possible. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I, I've, I've heard reportings that the, the cases that were reported in India show a mutation strain, i.e. it's a different strain than what we're seeing from the 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 bioweapon generated in the labs of Wuhan, China, for example, which is what we know as our COVID-19. Or, but let me get your, your clarification on this too, because there's so much malarkey out there in terms of like, okay, Corona strains. It says COVID-19. Wade Lightheart, we were talking about him. Him and me went on a hike the other day because we're both here in Sedona. And he was bringing up, hey, COVID-19. Well, the next strain is going to be COVID-20. I thought that was really interesting. Like, what does that even mean? What's the 19 all about? Like, what, so in, 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 you know, not to make this confusing or too abstract, but my understanding is that COVID-19 is the, it's the syndrome itself. It's not, it's, it's the, it's the actual, it's the, the, uh, 
the syndrome or it's the actual condition, just like AIDS is supposedly the condition of HIV, but HIV is the virus itself. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Um, okay, what's COVID-19? Depends on your definition. It depends on who you're talking to. My feeling is that the COVID-19 has numerous different strains out there. Yeah. Very few of them are, and actually all of them are not really that deadly. They're probably highly contagious, but quickly your immune system overrides it. And essentially, it was a, it's a weak bioweapon. But they didn't, it probably, if, they, if it was done accidentally or released accidentally, which I doubt, then it's it's probably you know that something they had planned for a while and then they jumped and when i say they i'm talking about gates the world right. health foundation tedros mm -hmm. the you know the cabal that sits behind them the you know the big bankster families the um you know people running the fake space programs you know how right. much i'm into that and how totally. much i'm aware of that the people running the fake satellite programs by the way which are all high altitude drone balloons i've decoded that for oh, years and years okay and years. we're gonna i'm gonna need you to to explain that i don't want to cut it, you off well now they're coming clean about it now they're saying oh no no we don't need to launch satellites now it's all going to be on balloons for the you 5G. Have, did you have David Icke out there talking about how they're launching all these satellites into the, into the, you know, Elon Musk, which I now, now Elon Musk has come out leading a rebellion against California fascism. So I'm like, okay, I don't even know who's got any real information anymore. Cause I'm getting this over here from him. And then like all these satellites are going out and blocking out the sun. And uh, so this is kind of throwing a lot of, a lot of little darts in there. All anybody has to do is start researching balloon technology and how advanced okay. it is. I, I read declassified documents in the 1950s put out by the United States Air Force about how they, how they would get quote-unquote satellite photography by dropping 200 balloons right over the, the eastern block. And, of course, in the world, the wind blows from the west to the east. So those balloons would go across the Soviet Union and the eastern block. Then they'd scramble fighters on the other side of the world in Alaska to go and hook those balloons and bring them in and then, and then bring the data back to people in the United States Army or Air Force hierarchy. And I, I've been through, I, when somebody goes satellite, oh, no, no, there's really satellites. It's like, look, right. the reason why we have fake X and we, if you analyze the, the rockets launching, you see that most of them are CGI. There's not even a real rocket. is because they're trying to get rid of the cost of the, of the, look over here, look over here, the shiny object mm -hmm. syndrome mm -hmm. of actually having to mm -hmm. launch a rocket. Mm -hmm. They don't want to launch a rocket. That costs money. All they have to do is launch a balloon. That costs $75,000 and that's done. Easy. And they, they've been wow. doing that forever. And that's $75,000 and being very, you know, so they're, what they're doing with the rocket thing is they're saying, it's going to cost you $50 million for that satellite. It actually costs them $75,000 to launch the balloon. And then they rake in all that cash. Now it's going to cost them obviously for the rocket, maybe a million dollars, two, $3 million, but they made, so they're making $47 million roughly on every one of those supposed satellite launches. I've decoded that long ago. I, if people are like, oh, no, 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 it has to be. I saw a rocket get launched. There's no satellite on there. You will never, ever see a video. Like, if you and me built a rocket, I'm going to have 100 cameras on that rocket showing everything because that's the best thing ever. We built something right. amazing. Right. You will never see ever a rocket launching with a camera on it that takes it all the way into orbit that shows you the, the satellite being deployed and all that. It's just they have to break and cut just like a Hollywood movie. Uh, this whole yeah, thing has right. been a movie. So the 5G deployment, which I'm sure we're all yep, concerned yep, about, and we know that 5G yep. is a big issue because it's, we're basically going to be radiated, is a balloon deployment. 
And what they do, just so we're clear, is they'll launch, let's say they put out a string of a thousand balloons. Each one of those balloons locks into the other balloon through a laser. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a long developed system. It's been out for like 20 years where they lock in so that they're, they're in sync with each other. They lock in with each other through a laser. And then the, the next one locks on, onto the next one through another laser. And so all of them are basically floating up there, synced in with each other at about, it's somewhere around 50 kilometers as far as I can tell. And, and by the way, people will say, well, how come you can't see it? Because it, it's just so obvious. It's so obvious. When you launch a drone, there comes a point where you can't see it anymore. Right. You can't see that far. Right. You know, this is the whole thing. I've, we've been talking about, Ronnie, for years. And you know we've been talking about this. You can't see that far. This whole idea that you can see. You oh, know, no. I've tried it. I've tried it. That's why we have a telescope for the, in the first place. You can't. You're, you're, you don't have the optical capacity to actually see beyond a certain band or a certain capacity, a certain uh, whatever distance. Distance. Yeah. So that's, that's that. Just to clarify that for everybody. So what they're doing right now is they're using COVID-19 as a cleanup operation to come clean about okay. the tracking yeah. that they've been doing all along and saying, well, actually we need to like, now it's social tracking because we're going to protect you and, mm. you know, contact tracing because we're protecting you. They've been doing that all along. Now they have to come clean about the satellite stuff. So they're going to say, so eventually it's going to come clean. That's actually a balloon so, program. So that, so. Yeah. Contact tracing. You mean this thing right here? Haven't I, hasn't that been going on for a while? It's, it, it's been going on all along. And, and then, you know, it's like, and then the chemtrail stuff, they're coming clean about that. Now, every, now it's admitted. Now you can go to geoengineering.com and it's like, hey, if you want to hire us to modify your weather, here's what you do. And it, it's, it's that could just right in our face. And then you've got the conspiracy people. Um, going, that's a conspiracy. conspiracy. Like, that's there's hilarious. nothing conspiratorial about it. It's what they're saying out of their own mouth. It's what the evidence leads wow. you to. Wow. Um, but if you want to be in a conspiracy, which means that you're afraid to break down your own belief systems, which we call conspiracy spirit theories, mm. Um, mm. then go ahead and do that. That's cool. But we're off that train. We let, we dumped that train a long time ago. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay yeah i'm i'm right there with you david i'm just i'm decoding or i'm 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 decommissioning certain ideas that i think i've been um well just like anybody i've been sorting throughout through all this as much as i can and as much as i can bear while also living my life and running a business and, and, you know, being in a relationship and being a normal human being to some extent. <laughs> that was well, dude, that was well summarized. I feel exactly the same way. That was good. Yeah. And, and, um, I mean, there's so many different ways to go about this. I think, oh man. So one of the things here, here's where I want to take this real quick is I'll just tell you what I heard and you just tell me what you think is I, I think I'm hearing the same thing from you, but Let's let's find out. So down the bottomless rabbit hole that I've gone down to, and mo many people also have, um, one of the bits of information I got from, from uh, you know, I don't know if you know who Sasha Stone is. Um, I know Sasha Stone. Stayed with him in Bali. He's a good friend. Okay, Love him. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. What a, what a, yeah, thank God for him. One of the only voices of reason and, uh, you know, competency that I've really come across. And his whole group with the National, the, the um, Institute you know, for Natural, Natural Justice. Justice. Yeah, that whole group and Del Big Trees there and, and Buttar and, and Mikovitz and, and like there's this whole congregation of people that are all surrounding this theme. And um, without getting into a whole tangent here, they had one of their um, tribunal recordings and there was a woman that 
she kind of, they kind of brought her, unearthed her voice. And she was explaining that everything that's going on, the 5G, the vaccines, blah, 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 everything that's going on is ultimately to cover up one fundamental elephant in the room, which is that these beings, these vampiric beings are doing anything they can to avoid the inevitable, which is, which is crimes against humanity. So they're trying to cover up and cause distractions and decoys um, to, to, to basically get away from, you know, I'm not, I'm really not eloquently explaining it, but I think you yeah. understand what I'm saying. I get, I get the point that you're saying, cause yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like the cover that's story, saying, the COVID-19 yeah. okay. cover story is going to clean up so they can come clean about all of it. Right. Okay. But we have, we've been, we have, we need contact tracing, which is just coming clean about they've been tracking us all along. Oh, oh okay. Um, Interesting. This is important. You're okay. I don't want to cut you off, but I'm just, and, I'm and just it's true with the vaccine damages and the XMRVs, you know, which okay. Dr. Mikovits talks about how the, vaccines have been continuously contaminated over the last 20 years with um, mouse brain cancer viruses. So they're cancer causing viruses in, in uh, humans. And so the COVID-19 diagnosis, which is now the XMRVs are affecting the aging populations because they're now activating at the age that these people are at. Uh, uh So then the uh COVID-19 diagnosis then cleans up all of that mess for them because it was all, oh, they died of COVID-19 when really what they died of is XMRVs that have gotten out of control and are, are part of an overall um, microbiome and mm-hmm. microbiome disturbance mm-hmm. that eventually is going to kill people mm-hmm. and has been killing people. Right, right. So if I'm understanding you correctly, and I think I am, I'm just maybe struggling a little bit to, to, to articulate it because this, this is a new lens on the whole situation. One thing I heard from you is that the conspiracy – theories and all that that might be a rabbit hole that is unnecessary it's creating a lot of fear and it's just taking people down endless compartmentalized avenues of thought which may or may not be a distraction what i mean by that is when you go on facebook all you see is this article that article this thing that thing it's all these segmented points of fear and panic and 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 that's what i mean by distraction not that these things are important but what is the utility, I guess, is what I'm saying. What is the use value? Not just what is going on, for God's sakes. Like, what has been going on is just the greatest, you know, um, you know sock puppet sideshow of all time. And that's been going on for a long time. So I guess the question is, what is the utility of these, these uh, you know, everything that we're seeing and being exposed to, all this information, all these things, um, that's well, that's yeah okay so yeah, let me ahead. let me i think i can run with that the thank you utility is is that it's it's forcing us into either a a centralized control a technocratic centralized control so that's the utility for the cabal you know the people running the world the the big militaries of the world the big governments of the world the people behind them the banksters the people behind the banksters you know the quote-unquote elite whoever they are so you know it's the pyramid up and up the pyramid they want the people at the top of the pyramid to be able to run the whole thing technocratically uh-huh. and that's what steiner warned us of that's exactly what rudolf steiner warned us of now on the other side what's happening is, is because you know, it's like a par- it's parasitic takeover, actually, is what's and, and mm-hmm. as the parasite starts to actually disrupt the entire organism, the organism can become aware of the parasite and then take action to remove the parasite. And that is literally what's going on, in my opinion. Right, what right. what these energies really represent Lucifer, for example, the false light, the escapism is really just, my mind. It's a type of parasite. 
Uh -huh. it, it, and so all parasites can be broken into two categories, the luciferic parasite, which is the disintegrative parasite, um, which is the false light and also the escapism. And then the other side is the harmonic type of parasite, which is the calcification, sedimentary, um, materialistic, mechanistic, top of the pyramid, hierarchical type of parasite. And on the macro level of like human civilization, we're seeing the that one, the aramonic parasite play out for world control. It's, it's coming from world control. Mm -hmm. Now there is a problem with parasites and it's the problem that people, it, this disables a lot of people. Like why would they be spraying us with chemicals? Aren't they spraying themselves with chemicals too? Why would they let COVID-19 out? Well, doesn't it affect them too? In all of that kind of thinking is, is people who don't understand parasites. Right. The, the parasite can't help it. It destroys its own host. Come on. That's and that's why for years, every year, twice a year, at least, sometimes three times a year, I will lead, and you, you've led, parasite cleanses. Right. Mm -hmm. So you get the parasites out of you. And, and when the parasite comes out of you, you go, uh-oh, I just woke up. Totally. <laughs> Because it's all, you know, the whole thing, all, everything that's happening outside of us with all the media and everything, when you get a parasite comes out of your poop and you go, whoa, what was that? You wake up. It doesn't matter what media is going on or what kind of lies are being sold to you or what you bought into your whole life. As soon as that parasite comes out of you and you're like, oh, look at that fine furry friend. What the heck is that thing? Look at that giant worm that just came out of me. What the heck is that thing? It's that, then you understand what I'm saying. Until that point, how could anybody understand what I'm saying? I mean, you know, unless they just are like going for a theoretical experience. That, I mean, that's so well said. And it's like, literally, that's exactly what you just said is exactly been my thesis and exactly what I've been saying, in, you know, more or less. And, you know, it's funny because I think of uh, my time when I was on the Hawaiian Sanctuary, which you referred me to many, many years ago when I cornered you in LA at one of these longevity conferences. I was like, dude, I, I got to get out of here. Dude. I got to get to Hawaii. Like, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, no, I just need, I need to happen. It needs to happen. And you're like, okay, boom. Like, here you go. I got a one-way ticket over there. One of the best decisions ever. Point of the matter is I remember Tara Ann had her little colonic studio and I went and I was giving lectures there every week, right? So people would hear me riffing, ranting, and then they'd go actually do the thing. And I remember people coming out of there who, who may have been into theology. They may have prayed to Jesus or whoever, to Buddha for years and never had a religious experience. They came out of there woke, as we say now, or as people say now. They came out of there and they had a legitimate, like, come to Jesus moment because they got all that, all the, that parasitic matter. And I think the raw food, the decade of raw foodism really served me in, in particular, it prepared me for this kind of understanding of understanding what parasites are, what pathogens are, what cleansing and detoxing really does. It does it's not just like this physical centric thing of like, oh yeah, let's just rid the physical body and heal the physical body. It's like, how does the soul incarnate and fully embody itself in the physical body if there's these strange um, obstructions of consciousness, i.e. pathogens, particularly the parasites that may or may not be leaching onto us, sucking out your, you know, just kind of sucking out the blood supply. Um, once you have that removed, it's an experience. And, and so I really appreciate you bringing that up because one of the topic points I wanted to actually mention with you 
was about parasitism and vampirism. You know, I've, I've spent a lot of time with uh, Michael Tessarian. You know Michael, right? Yes, I, I love his work. Yeah. And, uh, and he's, he's, a, he's like an explorer of the dark side, but he also has great mythological understanding, which is so wonderful to hear, you know, somebody who can speak so eloquently on, on fantastic subjects. I mean, this area of mythology is a wonderful area of knowledge and a wonderful area of research, and he carries that really well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the topics that he really helped illuminate for me was this thing about vampirism. And it's the, so it's the same thing, right? It's just, we may look at it like psychopaths or sociopaths, which is legitimate, and we don't need to extrapolate too much deeper into that. But you know, you brought up the thing around parasites and the nature of a parasite. I just want to hand that off to you. But um, this thing of like, we're living in a vampiric like at, at the lowest level of the human control agenda, the human control scenario, I look at it like vampirism. And we also know through information that's coming up, which I want to take this opportunity to just throw in your lap, things like adrenochrome, things like what, what um, is coming up out of the surface of this whole COVID-19 situation. I know it's a lot of, that might be abstract for the audience. So I'm just throwing that all kind of in the pot and I'm going to go mute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I think that the parasite issue is something that's really interesting because it's physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, meaning that parasites affect our consciousness. They affect our mind. They affect our decisions. They affect our food choices. That's very clear. Even simple parasitic overgrowths like candida can very strongly affect your mind and your desires. Now, we know from Sapolsky's work, Robert Sapolsky over at, um, what is he at? He was at Stanford. And he did his work on the, what was that mouse um, parasite? The, um, oh geez, toxoplasmosis. And he showed numerous interesting correlations of behavior to infection with toxoplasmosis. And eventually he, he has arrived at the position, if you listen to him closely, that there's no free will going on. There's no free will. And that, so when you look at the contamination of the food supply, when you look at people even trying to identify that there are parasites, I mean, our entire medical systems is, oh, parasites, that's over like Mexico. That's not over here. It's like, that's somewhere else, right? So the whole thing of a parasite is to defend itself by making you believe it doesn't even exist. That's number one by far. So at every level, the physical level, the mental level, the emotional and spiritual level, and parasites do affect us in all those ways. So again, what we're seeing is, is the tapeworms, the liver flukes, the ringworm, the candida, all the parasitic layers and infections, bacterial infections and everything, trying to make a play at world control. That's really what's going on here. It's very difficult to refute that perspective, by the way. I've had many people over the years come back to me and been like, yeah, I heard you say that one time and, year, and years later thinking about it, scientists, people are, you know, doctors, people who are professionals in the health field, people who are, who are science professionals come back to me and be like, that's a very, very difficult position to refute. I agree that, that really when we get right down to it, what we need for the whole world is a massive parasite cleanse. There's no way a virus like coronavirus can even affect you if you have no parasites in your body. 
I mean, the whole idea is an absurdity. And that was Dr. Holder Clark showed us that. And eventually got me, I started understanding like, oh, I need to get all the layers of the parasites out. Then there's no chance I'm ever going to become sick. You've heard me say that so many, for so many times, so many years, right? No chance. If you don't have tapeworms, if you don't have liver flukes, if you don't have mm. bacterial infections, mm. if you don't have a troublesome um, microbiome, mm. you, you, there's no chance you're getting sick. And that's the whole thing is like, what, instead of addressing that, right. what we get is here, let's deliver health through this injections. You know, these doctors who have to maniacally inject. That's very parasitic behavior. Like we're going to bypass your normal ports of entry and we're going to inject. It's maniacal to the T, I mean, to the, to the hilt. But Steiner predicted that this whole thing's coming to a head with the materialism, the parasitic aromonic deception between 2016 and 2040 was his direct prediction. And so we're, it's going to play out in our lives. We incarnated right now for this battle. Yeah. And it's on, baby. It's, it's on. on. It's big so on. time. I'm so, yeah. I'm so full on with this. I don't give a you know what. And it feels so good to finally dispose of false identities and whatever adolescent behaviors and whatever those identifications and social memes, social pressure, social conditioning, social approval, which I think plays directly into this whole mask uh, malarkey. You know, of course it does. Like nobody in their right mind thinks that one of these little cloth things that they hand you off when you go to Whole Foods is actually protecting anything, but it's social pressure, it's social approval, it's tribal mentality. Um, but And it's also you know, a ritual, it's, right? It's, this, this initiation it's ritual, ritual. Yeah. Yeah, where yes. they're going to mask you as part of your initiation ritual. It's interesting. I don't know, you know how it is in Sedona, and I do want to get your take on this. Like up here, I'm in Northern Ontario, Canada. There's nobody wearing masks. I saw one person with a mask <laughs> in the last two months. Nobody wears masks. It's an absurdity. Everybody up here is like, this is bizarre. You get into a city environment where oh, people yeah. are wound oh, up yeah. into the media and television. Oh, yeah. It's all, I got to wear a mask. I got to have gloves on. Uh, uh, you know, the, it's the whole fear programming. It's fascinating that little dichotomy right there between oh, yeah. the city uh -huh. and the country. What's happening over there? Are you getting some of that? Well, I think it's domestication. I think Daniel Vitalis had it right all those years ago. I really took that one theme from him and applied that to my whole, my whole worldview. And I realized domesticated people are absolutely ridiculous. Not that we all haven't been to some extent, but the domestication of the mind um, turning us into literal farm animals, kind of con like intelligence-wise, um, on these feedlots is just really, it's really showing itself. I, I just talked to Steve Adler the other day, actually, a couple of days ago, and he was like freaking out and, and just like people in California are, are abs it's absurd. Like he couldn't, he, I couldn't even get into it, but he was just like everywhere you go, people are freaking out. They're, they're, they're like trying to keep their distance and, you know, um, and these masks do seem to have some kind of component of disturbed behavior, not just the fact that they're wearing the mask, but what it does to their personality, how it creates um, this fear of contact, et cetera, et cetera. So I thought that was interesting to your point. But here in Sedona, it's kind of a mixed bag. You know, it's a smaller town and it, there's a spiritual association here. Um, obviously, we're surrounded by just mountains and mountains of hiking at every uh, circumference of where you go. So that's been a saving grace. Not much has really changed here other than, yeah, there are some people that are a little hysterical, but um, 
other than that, it, it, it's, it's, it's kind of 50-50 in terms of like the mask wearing. I, I did see somebody driving their car with a mask or jogging down the street, which I thought was special. But other than that, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not like it is in California. California is, is, you know, all the years of our lives, we heard that California is falling into the ocean. I've heard it fell that. into the ocean. Yeah. But what's going on in California is gong show on steroids, pure insanity, freak show beyond belief, vaudeville with the cane pulling the whole you know act right off the stage. It's all of that. I mean, it's just the most bizarre ever. And and so you know, good, good, because <laughs> this is all of this gong show is what it's going to take for people to wake up mm. where they go to my telegram feed and I'm going, look how ridiculous the masks are. Here's the science behind it. Look how absurd this is. Look at this. You know, the cop, for example, who recently he's like, you oh, know, yeah. I can't enforce yeah. these laws because it's against my constitutional oath. Then he gets fired. Yep. None of that on the mainstream media, but I put that up on telegram. Um, Plandemic with Dr. Judy Mikovits. Also when mm -hmm. anything mm -hmm. they ban off mm -hmm. of those, whatever Facebook or YouTube or whatever, it, I can po host it, and I do host it on Telegram. It's not going to be banned. No one's touching. There's no algorithm. It's not that none of that kleptocracy and nonsense uh -huh. is going on. But is that dichotomy of what's the mainstream media narrative is versus say what's going on, you know, behind the scenes of, of um, you know, investigators like us, is it's just outrageous. It's absolutely outrageous and good, good. Because, I want yeah. it to be as yeah. extreme as possible so people just go what what's going on? You know, let me snap out of it. And you know what? They're, they're swiping people's pocketbooks and wallets and their livelihood and people still going along with it. Right. It's, it's almost like, so this brings to this interesting idea of what, what is karma really? Right. Like, so you could take the victim attitude of like, Oh, this is happening to me and I'm a poor victim. Or you could get like, a better understanding of karma. Am I permissioning this in the, in the sense of Sasha Stone? Am I actually sovereignty 101? Am I, how am I giving my power away? How am I permissioning the tyranny and the fascism and the nonsensical BS? You know, let me actually look into my own reality and my own behavior and see, am I, am I standing up for myself? No. Am I, am I willing to speak up? No. Well then, to me, karma is going to show up. It's like nature, right? People are like, oh, this is the natural diet. This is that. It's like, that's all BS. Nobody knows what nature is because everyone's in, in a city. So none of you people know writing these diet books. I, I got that early on. You were one of the people that really like illumined that. But I got that concept early on. Like all this Barnes and Noble book, all this stuff on the bookshelves. None of you know anything about what's natural for the given fact that you're raised in a city. Me too. I, me too. But I have observed the, the fractal patterns of nature. And one thing I've observed is that it's neutral. There's no ethical, political persuasion involved in that, just like our health. And just like in this thing I'm bringing up around karma, which you've studied very deeply, we're going to get what we deserve, right? And that doesn't mean we're a good person, bad person. It has nothing to do with that, right? It's like, if I'm not going to stand up for myself, I'm going to keep getting bullied, right? And I'm going to keep allowing this to happen until it takes me out. Well said. And that's exactly what's going to happen to California and everywhere else where they keep going along with this nonsense is they're going to get what, oh God, that's, that reminded me of a line of a song. 
you, you're gonna get something like that. Anyway, um, they're gonna get what what they've earned and, and get what they've what allowed. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yeah, for sure. And if it's so, you know, long ago, I got the got the message to get as far away from cities in terms of where I'm living. Yeah. I go into a city to do the work that I'm doing, the work that we do, which mm -hmm. is try to enlighten people as to how to be a healthier, happier person, how to have a better diet lifestyle, how to help the, the earth itself from the chaos of the chemicals being poured on it by eating well and you know that's been a big part of our life but there's no way i'm living in a city no chance i mean it's just just the daily messages of nature and and the hyper synchronicity of living in nature you know that goes on is is more than enough entertainment for the rest of my life and you know all those years of traveling by the way that that streak my 26 year streak is broken bro I heard it's that, over. Yeah, but, but, but not, not of your own volition, just involuntarily. It's, it's, and I guess that's the universe for you, right? Like, it's like, okay, that's my sign. Like I've ridden this thing out as long as it's I'm going good. to go. And, and yeah. yeah, it's yeah. done. Uh, I'm good. I, if I have to be up here in my farm in Ontario and the Northern, Northern Ontario for the rest of my life, I'm good. Cool. Um, yeah. And, and that's where I hope we can get everybody listening to. Yeah. Right now, you should be in the mindset of like, uh oh, I'm I am in a city and I didn't take heed before. Now we got to bridge you out of there, right? And this is I've been preaching this as you know for oh, at yeah. least twenty years. I learned it when I was young. You have a place in the city, you have a place in upstate New York. You know, you have a place in New York City, place in upstate New York. I learned that young because that's how all the New Yorkers did it. And same with Toronto. Like in Toronto, you have a place in Toronto, you have a place in Muskoka, out you know in, in Lake Country, Cottage Country. And this is something now that's not not just a good idea it's, it's urgent it's it's urgent. matters urgent yeah yeah and, and in one way that is kind of like the beckoning of mother nature of, of pachamama of gaia right our mother think the metaphors are endless father sky mother earth right oxygen hydrogen like that meeting of the pair of you know the whole thing i'm gonna go a whole thing here but but just the calling of our mother the calling of our heart right it's calling us back to the land and in the most practical sense to what you just said, and I've been saying it for a long time as I've followed in your footsteps um, along the way. And, and um, you know, I, I, but, my, but the problem with me is I kept going back to L.A. because I had some weird, weird, strange um, idea that I needed to be in L.A. to be successful. Every time I went back to L.A., my life got worse. It was like there was a certain expiration date when Revolution closed their doors finally. And Janabai moved on and the whole kind of that whole our whole kind of like culture there kind of faded from that scene and then it became like kind of the biohacking thing. Um, that was the moment I that was the moment I left went back to Hawaii and but I kept I kept going back because I had this implanted concept through my own maturation process and my own needing to find myself. Um, where I thought like, oh, I, I need to go, but I, get, I go to Maui and I'm good for four months. And I'd be like, oh, but I got to go back to LA is because I have some strange idea of success or something. It's going to do something for me. I go back, my life completely falls apart. And then I'd have to go rebuild it. And I did that about seven times. And I have to Jeez. say, dude, I, I have to say like, there is something very aberrant, dissonant, and very, very strange about that whole that whole environment, of course, that's my personal experience, but it's not an isolated incident. Um, I wanna, I wanna take this since I'm going on this riff. I wanna take this conversation into a little bit around your perspective. You know, we could throw Hollywood in there. 
Etta Wood is uh, whatever, you know. Um, well, I, yeah, I'll, we can get into that. I do want to get into that because I'm very particularly qualified to get into that exactly. because I, I started in Los Angeles in Southern California in 19, I started in LA and that first time I went to LA was 1978. First time I came to Southern California was 1977. So I've been right in the middle of, I mean, I grew up a lot of my life in Santa Monica as a kid and Hollywood, the, the hill, the Hollywood Hills, Santa Monica mountains, San Gabriel mountains, the Los Angeles river, the um, Echo Park, Silver Lake area. Mm-hmm. You know, these are places that uh, Orange County, San Diego, deeply connect. I mean, I, I grew up there. I, I'm from there. You know, so it's like, I know what goes on in Hollywood. That's why I have nothing to do with Hollywood. And I don't watch movies ever. I, mm-hmm. I, we need to get off the movie addiction. That's a gnarly addiction. I had that you don't have time for, for movies. Nobody yeah. has time for movies. You got time to watch a movie? What kind of reality are you in? Mm-hmm right? There's no more, you don't have time for a movie. If you you need to urgently get out of your environment that you're in, if you're in a city environment and, and do whatever you can. I was looking at a property today, a friend of mine sent me, I was like, just trying to understand like, you know, what is possible for people? I was thinking people in Texas. Okay. I've got a lot of friends in Texas. What's a property in Texas going for? I look at a 10 acre property. It was $97,000. I was like, okay, maybe a one acre property next to a national, this was next to a national forest. A one acre property next to a national forest might be $30,000. Okay. So it's like, what kind of work and savings do you have to put together to get to that? And anybody can do it and you can get there, but you've got to know that that's your goal. But that is the goal after what I've seen with all this stuff. And definitely if you're wasting your time watching movies, there's no way you're going to make $30,000 or what you're not going to be able to escape. You know, you're caught in the matrix um, because you're wasting your time. And yeah, you know, we know now, I mean, I, I know a lot of people in Hollywood. I've known a lot of celebrities in Hollywood. I've talked to them extensively about certain people in Hollywood. They all know it's not a secret yep. um, of what kind of insanity is happening the with the pedophilia, the rape stuff, yeah. culture, the, um, what the, the brutal lives of actors and actresses and how they're taken advantage of by big money producers and big money directors and, just the, the whole scene there is, you know, is really, it's brilliant people, but super dark forces. You know, they attract each other, right? Of course. Um, where, the, where there's darkness, the light will be there. Where there's light, the darkness will be there. And, and that's LA right now. It's going to shift at some point away from LA because the way what's happening with the California economy is they're going to collapse it. And I, it's, it's, all, it's like just like the actual structure of California itself. But you're saying it, it may not, it may or may not be that we don't know. But it's the actual economy, though the struct of the metaphorical structure of, of California is going to be collapsing. Yeah, it's parasitic. They're, the government's so parasitic that it's that. Like I fled California 15 years ago. I right. will mention a couple things with the state of California just because it, it irks me so deeply, and I do want to warn everybody in the state of California. My lawyer showed me years ago, it's probably 2016, 2017, that California was the Franchise Tax Board, which is the, the taxing authority in the state of California, was sending out false letters saying that you owed $600 in taxes, but it's not connected to a tax year. So the entire thing was fraudulent, but the state of California found out that a certain amount of people in California will pay it. Right. Because they're like, I don't want to be in in bad, you know, they're so afraid of tax authorities that they're like, I'll just pay this bill. Totally fraudulent. State of official from the state of California, the state of California 
even though I haven't lived there, as you know, for 15 years, they kept sending me letters saying, you live here, you live here, you live here. I'm like, no, I don't live here. Here's my Hawaii taxes. And, uh, you know, I don't live there. They stole my money anyway. And they came after my bank account because they suspected I was living in California, even though I showed them repeatedly proof that I did not live in the state of California. And I had to battle them with lawyers for three weeks and got my money back. Wow. And then I found out that the bank was showing the state of California daily my bank balance. Mm-hmm. It goes, it, that was 2014. Think of what it's like today. You just made me want to run to my bank and take all my money out. Yeah, don't, I would re- only, okay, so here's a little bit of my advice on that. And Please. I'm yes. not a financial advisor. I have nothing to do with that. This is just sensible stuff. And this is what I do. So I'm just telling you what I do. Mm-hmm. You only leave enough money after having the state of California steal my money. You only leave enough money in your bank that you need to pay bills and, and transactions that are happening monthly. Deposits you never, yeah. yeah, just like, okay, I got to pay this credit card thing. I got to make sure this is at zero. I got to do this and pay that bill, whatever. Yes. You never store money in a bank ever. That's insanity. That is the definition of insanity. So you just, every month your, your bank account should be about $1 or $10 or hundred dollars, <laughs> but you skim it to the bottom and then you build it up again and you skim it to the bottom every month. Um, what you really want to put your money into, if you want to save money, this yeah. is just for saving. This is not for investing. Mm-hmm. You want to save money. You put your money into gold and silver. Uh-huh. That's for saving. That is not for investing. If, and, and, you know, if you want to invest, your best investment is always into your own business. Right. Yeah. By so, far. So it's kind of like Grant Cardone psychology. Like, go broke. Always go broke. Just put the money into the business. Keep the business going. He's like, I'm always broke. I'm always broke. I got people think I'm a billionaire. No, that's my business. I'm broke. And I, and it's still like hearing you, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to take that a little more seriously. I'm going to take my financial acumen a little more seriously here because I don't need any, I don't need anybody reaching into my bank account. And in the last couple of weeks, I've been a little paranoid about that. Haven't acted on that, but it will right away. Um, but knowing that that does happen, even though it hasn't happened to me yet, um, I've heard all kinds of crazy stories that that happens regularly. It happens regularly. It, it's really unfortunate what's happened in the state of California, but it's coming to a theater near you. And it really is. So, you know, especially with all the stuff that's going on. So a run on the banks, let me just bring this to the, to the context of the situation we're all in right now, which is a run on the banks is probable this year. A run on the banks. On the banks, meaning that people are going to go, I better get my money out. And everybody goes to get their money out at the same time. And the bank says, you can't take the money out. Now, this has already happened up here. The local bank up here in Ontario, they suddenly put limits all over my account. And I was like, what the heck's going on? And I eventually went in there and I said, if you don't lift these limits right now, I'm taking all my money out of this account. You will never see me again. It literally got to that level of problems with the bank. The bank finally lifted all the controls and all the limits on my account. And guess what? I'm still not going to be using them again. Right. Um, it doesn't matter. They, they already proved to me that they, they basically were already expecting a run on the banks, if you get what I'm mm-hmm. saying. That's why they put mm-hmm. all these limits on. What they do is they'll say, well, it, um, we're just protecting you from fraud. They're, and it's like, I haven't done anything fraudulent. There's been no fraudulent activity on that account ever. What do you mean you're protecting me from fraud? That's how they sell it to you, right? Just like they're mm-hmm. selling to you, hey, we're going to take your rights, but it's for your own good because we're protecting you from COVID-19. 
Right. That, what do you mean you're protecting me? That has nothing to do with my immune system. What are you talking it, about? <laughs> you know how that goes. Anyway, so then, you know, people asking me about cryptocurrencies in this particular situation. Right. So I will say this, only invest in speculative commodities, namely cryptocurrencies, when you have a significant amount of savings yeah. in gold and silver that you possess. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that. That's what I do personally. Um, mm-hmm. And so just, just so you know, now let's say you're in a situation where you can't get gold and silver um, in significant amounts, which I don't know what that situation would be, but I imagine like say we're somewhere in Greece where you're, you know, you're caught in a gnarly situation where the, you know, the, they're devaluing the, the, you know, the Greek economy, they're, you know, they're stealing all the money, they're having a run on the banks, like what happened actually about four or five years ago, then in that situation might go, oh my God, I got this money, I need to move it now before they devalue the currency or before, you know, they steal everything. And then you boom, you would just have to shuffle that into a cryptocurrency at the last second Mm -hmm. to save yourself. But that's not my preferred situation, you know, for all of us is take a little bit of what you earn and invest it, take a little bit of what you earn and save it, gold and silver, and take a little bit of what you earn and give it away. And, you know, that's the, that's the 70, 10, 10, 10. Mm-hmm. 70% is what you live on. 10% you give away. 10% you invest. 10% you save. Right. Okay. Six, financial success 101. Yeah. That's powerful. Okay. So real quick, can you, can you give me a time check? How much time do you have? I've got... 30 minutes. Okay. Maybe awesome. 34. Let's try was, to do, okay, I, I'm let's really do, this. So yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. squeeze this right into the very last second. Okay. I had another thing going on it too, but I'm, I'm, I'm riding with you on this one. So, okay. Um, I have, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, what is your perspective on Donald J. Trump? Ooh, um, interesting. And question. I'll, and I'll, yeah, this, this is a key question on my mind. And, um, I want to start that off with the, with the acknowledgement of the Federal Reserve being merged with the Treasury. You just brought up this whole financial piece, so I have to, I just wanna, I wanna carry it into that and then just get your perspective on that whole thing. Okay, yeah, the whole Donald, thing. Donald Trump being the main thing. Okay, so one of the things that, that's interesting about Donald Trump is his name, right? Because names have meaning, right? So a Trump card is something that everybody should look up. Look up the definition of a Trump card. So that's your little homework assignment. And so I suspect that we could see, and I'm going to predict this actually, that what's going to happen with Donald Trump is at the last second, he's going to pull some surprise move that's going to save our butts. I I suspect that. And the reason why I suspect that is because he's, he has an Abraham Lincoln type of level turnaround in his field for some reason, which means that you do Abraham Lincoln. No, he was the greatest. Abraham Lincoln was just as unconscious as anybody else, just like as unconscious as Donald Trump is just as unconscious as everybody else. But as that war progressed on his economic advisors were like, wait a second, Abe, you let me tell you something, what's going on here. And they laid out the entire bankster fraud, which is the usury, the charging interest on money, the central banking fraud, the federal reserve bank fraud that has been laid on the, the U S population. This is obviously before that, but what was happening in the civil war is that both sides were trying to win. So they were borrowing, borrowing, borrowing from the banks that were funding both sides, international central banks from Europe. And, and his people took him aside and said, what are you borrowing from these people for? You don't need to borrow any money. We create the money from our own resources. You don't need to borrow money. You create it. That's, the, that's Article 2 of the Constitution. 
the Congress shall create the money. And he created the greenback, right? So that's why he got shot is because he went against the international bankers. So it wasn't because of slavery and that whole story. No, that's, those are side stories and those are side pieces of the narrative. But the main reason he was shot was definitely those were because he freed the slaves was not why he was shot. The main reason he was shot is because he went against the central banks of Europe and who, and who control us today through the Federal Reserve Bank, which isn't federal, it's not a reserve and it's not a bank. Anyway, so this was a last minute turnaround that actually made Abraham Lincoln an immortal. It actually like, you know, we look at Abraham Lincoln today and go, man, he was the greatest president in United States history, right? But he really wasn't until the last second. Until, until that- he- <laughs> He woke up and he like snapped out of his illusions, oh. which, right, which is, you know, okay, so then let's get back to Trump. You know, Trump, of course, he's into the oil, the fracking, all this nonsense, environmental degradation, of course, you know, the economy is the only thing that matters, which, you know, we all know is a complete environmental catastrophe. And, yeah. and but who, who are we going to vote for? Hillary? Hillary's absolutely deep state. I followed her, as you know, since 1992. I've tracked her movements all along. She used to come to Hollyweird every month for a week for years. I mean, that went on for like eight she was straight doing. years. What's that? Wonder what she was doing there. Yeah, I wonder too. But now I look at it and I go, "Oh, she's high up in the in the Hollyweird, satanic, luciferic, whatever, deep state cabal." Right right? She's way high up in that. So people look at her like RFK Jr. says, oh, she has no power. She's not an elected official. She's no longer power. It's like, dude, man, you need to snap out of it, brother. She's way up in the hidden powers. Mm-hmm. And she might be number one or number two in the Hollywood elite. Number one or number two. That's mm-hmm. powerful. Mm-hmm. And so that's why she's always pushing you know, self-isolate all the propaganda, right? Because on one side, you got Bill Gates Foundation. On the other side, you got the Clinton Foundation. Both of them feed into the World Health Organization and both of them feed into the mandatory vaccine operation or PSYOP. Yeah, and that was her gig from day one. Uh-huh. She, so we didn't have a choice with her, obviously. So yeah. we, it was, we all know, and I think most of us agree, it was like a gamble to go for Trump. And Trump got in there. And so at least he's not deep state and he's not in there. You know, obviously he's related to all the elites because all these bloodlines are related, but he's not in their mm. secret society. Mm. And mm. because of that, they want to destroy him because he got into power without being in their secret society. And that, hence the entire media propaganda, the Russian collusion hoax and all the hoaxes that they pushed on him, which has been one of the most, it's, you know, it's really, look, I'm not a big fan of the right-wing politics or whatever, definitely not the, you know, environmental catastrophes that are being pushed by just, hey, let's just, you know, fire up industries and, and destroy entire ecosystems. But we should probably give those jobs to Americans rather than Chinese because what we're doing is a disservice to the Chinese because they'll be pushed into slave labor, which is exactly what's happened. Mm-hmm. 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 So over the years, I've actually been more like, you know what, Donald Trump, we got to get the right message to him, but he might be able to save us because I do feel in his mind there is a Trump card ready to be played. Mm-hmm. It's in his name. Mm-hmm. It's in his field, something like that. So, huh. you know, that's what we're praying for. And, uh, and we, may, we may get it. I think we'll get it. I really do. I mean, it, I think my feeling about this whole thing, the whole COVID-19 yeah. nonsense, yeah. the whole thing is that it's going to backfire on the elite. I've said that for years because I was like, 9-11 is the last thing they're getting away with in mm-hmm. terms of a false flag mm-hmm. that they're fully going to get away with. This one is that thing that they're going to, it's going to, 
not entirely, but in a major way, partially probably 40 to 60% backfire on the elites. It's somewhere in that mm-hmm. range. And the mm-hmm. next one after this, the next false flag after this one will be probably an 80% backfire on the elites. That's my feeling about and it. Do you, do you think the next false flag is going to be the, the, the come around the second wave of the COVID-20 or whatever? Probably. I mean, that's, you know, this, I've been saying that the medical scientism is the angle they're going to use because they got everybody convinced of that hoax, right? You know, doctors are the best ever. Doctors know what they're doing. Doctors know everything. Medicine saves us. Pharmaceuticals are the greatest thing of all time. All that nonsense is really deeply embedded in the world consciousness. Right. And very few people have still retained that connection to their ancient and original tribal medicine. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. which you and I, as part of our evolution, have, we've recaptured. We've, we've actually gone right. back and been like, we don't need none of that. I mean, I started when I was seven because both my parents are doctors, so I know the insides mm-hmm. outs of mm-hmm. medical mm-hmm. scientism. I know the catastrophes that go on in every hospital every day, yeah. every yeah, I, day. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you know this. I don't know. I, I hadn't mentioned this in the early years, but I worked in the emergency room of Summit Hospital in, in Oakland, California for three years as an HIV tester. So that, and I was in there for two years when I was supporting my basketball career, third year go on raw food, third year I'm fully raw. That's when I had the veils. And so I was planted in a weird situation in that environment, unknowing to myself that that would set me up for my entire destiny. And, And obviously like I found you on YouTube University in my little office when I was, I had my little blender making up spirulina smoothies and all this crazy concoctions. And I did it privately because I didn't want anyone to see me because for obvious reasons. And I remember going on there and, and you were one of the first people I saw. And that was a moment of destiny right there. So I, I don't think I've ever told you or not many people know that about me, but I've been bringing that up lately. They're like, well, where was your medical training? It's like, well, actually, just so you know, I actually do have a, a depth of medical training. I had to go through medical training. I've been in that environment. I've listened to the conversations of the so-called doctors and nurses. I've gone into the, the cafeteria. I've seen what they eat. It's the most horrendous. It's, it's worse than, than what most people eat. It's actually worse it's 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 aberrant it's it's un it's it's like undescribable that's how bad it is and i've seen i've seen the conversations that have happened with people that are on death's door and the lack of empathy the lack of human connection not everyone of course but most of the doctors i was around at least in that environment because there's a desensitization you got 5150s, which is just like the, cra- you know, the quote unquote crazies, people with derangement and mental, mental um, disorders and who've been on drugs for, you know, on the streets of Oakland their whole life. And they're strapped down screaming, their soul is in pain, but nobody really cares. It's like, that's the environment that's going on in these hospitals and these emergency rooms. And there's so much desensitizing that's happened where there's a dehumanization. And so I just wanted to put that out there because I, I not only did I come into this with a, a strong distrust of the, the pharmaceutical and allopathic model, but it, it actually was thrusted upon me, just like you're saying, when you, you were raised in that environment through your parents. So I feel like I kind of got slipped into it 
myself and then you came along and then Gabriel Cousins came along and then like the whole the whole thing fell apart from there and uh yeah very interesting I didn't know that that you had that medical background and so you you know what we're dealing with yeah. with what goes on in a hospital I mean a hospital is a for-profit operation um, it's very clear that they're trying to get the COVID-19 diagnoses to keep the hospitals alive because nobody's actually going into the hospitals and the hospitals are mostly empty. And so the more COVID-19s right. that they can get, the more money they're going to get. I saw someone trying to refute that today on Facebook. I was like, where have you been? Like, haven't you been paying attention? Like, come on. They're going to get a certain amount of money into that hospital if they have a COVID-19 diagnosis and that's the way that they're incentivized to get the numbers up now yep. of course world health organization gates foundation clinton foundation gates himself all want those numbers to be ballooned up but unfortunately this for them this is not panned out the way that they thought it was going to and so it actually unfortunately for us it's actually not been deadly really for the most part and mm -hmm. it hasn't it hasn't turned out to be this this thing that's caused a run on the hospitals right what what it really has done is it's shown people's true character i can't tell and you what how many people i've had yes. to block on social media dude and, and people that were my friends or people that were like so the the conscious community i'm just gonna get that out because man super have unconscious been, yeah no they yeah. bought it the medical scientism i'm telling you they figured this out with their artificial intelligence algorithms mm -hmm. they they re and i've been saying it for years because i've been really onto scientism the medical scientism has got the vast majority of people hooked they, you know because they still go to doctors they still like oh no, no my doctor said this or doctor said that it's like whoa, whoa, whoa your doctor's the third leading cause of death going and that's probably really the second leading a cause of death going or might even be the first leading cause of death going if we really look at the numbers yeah honestly What's but it's really definitely number three people. looking at it anyway we want to slice the numbers up right so I don't know what what worse it's like people love i guess they love losing i don't know i mean you people love losing then go off with that system and just go for it yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to save anyone. I'm not trying to jump in the, it's like you try to save people who are, who are sinking in the deep end. You try to jump in there with you. You got a 50-50 chance of surviving yourself. They're flailing around. They might knock you out. There's that movie, The Guardian, which was all about the, the deep divers and, and the rescue divers. And they made that point very clear. You try to jump in there and save someone who's panicking and freaking out you don't go and jump in there. You put out a long stick and they can grab it and you keep your distance. That's when social distancing is appropriate when you're trying to save someone who's like going down the deep end because otherwise they're gonna, they're, they'll drag you down. They're hysteria. And we've seen that in whether it's in relationships or it's just whatever, whatever karmic ties happen. If we're trying to save, so this is an interesting point, right? what's the difference between helping people in that fine line between trying to be a martyr and going out and saving people like i.e trying to wake people up well it, it's my civic duty to try to wake people up and, and yeah. that's why i'm doing my telegram group and by the way for anybody listening if you're on telegram messenger which i really recommend um should i show them what messenger. it looks like yes please okay so telegram messenger is this app right here let me get this out and I'm going to show you my page actually where's my page right there okay so it's this app right here 
which you can see right down there in the corner. You can see it has a little telegram, uh-huh. paper airplane, and it's blue. Download that for free on the app store. Go to telegram.org. And then this is my page, which is David Avocado Wolf up there. You can see that, David Avocado Wolf. And it's just David Avocado Wolf on Telegram. And once you use Telegram once or twice, like send a message to somebody, then you'll be able to f- search it. Okay. You have to actually use it before you can search it most of the time. It depends on your device, but most of the time. And you can download this to your desktop, to your, de- to your tablet, to your phone, whatever. And you'll find me there. And I've got a, a daily news feed that today is going to go over, probably tonight it's going to go over 8,000 people. Mm. Um, because I, lo- I learned long ago with the Facebook success, I was like, oh, this, is, this platform's done. They ruined it. I learned long ago with YouTube when they deleted me for no reason, no strikes, no warnings. Yeah. That this, this platform's done. I'm not going to be a part of that platform. And uh, Pinterest did the same thing for me. So they deleted me with no strikes, no warnings, anything. So I'm like, that's done too. I got that. So I was like, you know what? I'll start over at zero again. And if you don't think Instagram's done, watch what's going to happen next. Watch what's, you think Instagram's still great? Watch how they're going to ruin it. They'll ruin them all. Like Telegram is not, they don't steal your data. They're not a kleptocracy. There's no algorithm. It's just boom. It's in mm. order as you post it. It's like the old school tele. It's like old mm. school Instagram. Mm. Right. Well, you know, to your point, like a parasite is a parasite, right? So it's by its very nature, it's self-destructive. It's going to destroy and implode itself. And since parasites are running this whole thing, that, and then, so that brings up, you know, this is the California thing and this and that, and this and that, I think, that parasite psychology is so critical to understand because people want to negotiate with evil, right? Michael and me had a long, I was on his show Unslaved. We went on this whole thing. And the, and the premise was, who gave you the right to negotiate with evil? Who told you through whatever love and light or whatever concepts you got sold, you don't negotiate with evil, Evil is a force. It's not a person. It's not an. It's not even like an attitude. It's 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 a it's an archetype, right? It's you don't negotiate with it. it um, I, I'd be curious what your thought on that is in relation to all this. And I know you've studied that particular topic, you know, extremely deeply. It's it's a case by case basis. I mean, what we're dealing with, you know, this is this is a Rudolf Steiner thing is when, you, when you're dealing with the system, you're dealing with aramonic beings. These are people who have been programmed by the system. You don't know what's really going on in their mind because of right. the programming. So you have to deal with them as a soul, right? You got to deal with them as a human being and you have to be real gentle and real kind and, and mm. you know, try to appeal mm. to their humanity. Mm-hmm. But many times these people are just completely conquered by aramonic beings. So they've sold their soul into the materialism. They've sold their soul into the scientism. They've sold their soul into believing in governments and governments are good or what you just, you fill in the blank. Yeah. Yeah. And so you just have to be very kind and gentle and just know that you're dealing with an aramonic being. There's, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know that they might suddenly, you know, pull a gun on you. They might try to arrest you. They might try to throw you in a prison. It might who knows? And so the best thing with that is not to negotiate, but avoidance. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. If you're dealing with a psychopath or a sociopath, I've learned this from stalkers. Mm. The best I learned this, I had to study how to stop stalkers. And one of the, I, I heard people would show up in your farm in Hawaii. Oh dude, people would show up at my farm. They'd show up at my office. They'd be out there at three in the morning. I mean, all kinds of stuff, you know, and you know, cuckoo level too, like not well, nourished balanced beings right so 
anyway, that well, I had to learn how to stop a stalker. Number one thing is disengage, get away from them. Don't you, if you can't negotiate with them, don't talk to them, just get, go somewhere else. So that's what I like about Telegram is if I want to have feedback, I can create a, a bot in, feed, in Telegram that gives me feedback from people. Mm. But you know what? I've dealt with the trolling. I don't need the feedback. Take it or leave it. Just take it or leave it. Same with Instagrams. Take it or leave it. You know, people can't get to me with their feedback. Like Facebook, the trolling and the, you know, the Twitter trolling and the YouTube trolling. Take it or leave it. You don't like it? Too bad. You know, so there's mm. no commenting. Mm. Mm-hmm. No more comments. Yeah. You know, so the troll mindset goes, I got to go somewhere else. I got to go where I can actually get someone's attention. Uh, um, uh-huh. You see what yeah. I mean? Because what what's really happening is they didn't get loved by their mother and father. So they're craving the attention. The school system has defaulted them into the scientism. They're malnourished, heavily malnourished, probably riddled with parasites. And that's mm. kind of what we're dealing with on the regular and so you go, you know what? No, you don't get the feedback with me. And so they'll go somewhere else where, they can, where they're going to get the attention they crave. Mm, that's a very, very good point. Yeah, it's a parasitizing of attention. Attention being an energy source, a life source, and a primordial source, right? Like the, and this goes back to the isolation thing. When we isolate ourselves, whether it is in our own mind or it's in our, our physical situation, this isolationist meme and mentality is incredibly disturbing and, um, and, and has many, many challenges, which we've already illuminated. But I just want to just kind of return to that for a second and um, just point that out again. You know, I think I, when this whole thing started, I wasn't concerned about some virus. I was more concerned about people's mental and emotional well-being more than any. I was already concerned about that to begin with. So when this happened, I was like, okay, this is, this is the area that I think is going to get the least amount of attention and needs to get the most amount of focus. How do we support one another? How do we enrich our own soul? How do we use this as an opportunity to evolve and advance our life? How do we, use, how do we leverage the quote-unquote crisis or the perception of crisis and use it as a launching pad to thrust ourselves into our destiny because if we can't do it with if with all the comfort in the world at our fingertips and we need a perception of crisis to actually evolve as a soul then you know as you mentioned earlier so be it so be it i, I completely agree with that i'm, I'm just going to charge my my computer up here because it's getting get low on energy if i can get a plug over here maybe somebody can help me in this room with getting this plug here Yep. Behind the scenes, everyone. Here's your, here we go. You can plug that in. Um, we, and this, we might want to get into this a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, and by the way, that's a Steiner thing right there, what you just described. What this is leading us to is it, now it, all hands on deck. All hands, all on, hands deck. on deck. It's like all yeah. the things we worked for all those years. Now it's all, it's like game time. Okay, so that was all practice. Now it's game time. And the one, number one thing we've got to do is lovingly assist each other, Mm. is lovingly assist each other. Because loving assistance is in particular, as Rudolf Steiner described, disturbing to aromonic deception and aromonic beings. Come on. Come on. Right? Mm -hmm. So the love of loving assistance. I'll help you out. No problem. I don't, forget the money. We don't need the money. Forget it. Let's, you want to grow that? Cool. You're going to put a fence in? Great. You're going to put a road in? Let's do it together. You're going to build a building? Let's do it together. That completely disturbs the aromonic system because the aromonic system is like, hey, where's the money transfer that we can parasitize? Uh, we can't tax that. That's a barter? Wait, we can't tax it. 
right? The whole system is disturbed by that, just disables the system. Mm. So that's where we're going to. Mm. And I'm lucky because I live in a really wonderful community and all my neighbors, we all get along and we all know each mm. other and we all hang out together. So we're in a really good situation where we are, thank God. Um, and I hope and pray that that's where everybody else can be. Because if I've got a problem, like we had a problem with my spring where the, the pump kept going, this is about two months ago. And, and I called my neighbor up and I was like, hey, the, the nozzle at the end of the spring, I pulled it up and there's something wrong with it. You want to come take a look at it? So we went down there, took a look at it because he's on my water. He's mm. my neighbor, but he's also on my water because those properties used to be one property back in the day. And, um, and, he's, and he's like, yep, that's it. I'll, I'll go get it. I'll fix it. And boom, he, he, he went off, got the new nozzle, put the new thing on, dropped it in there. We were all good. That kind of thing is so great you know, to have in your life. It, it's, it's priceless. And what we've lost through the fractionalization of Western civilization, where everything's a financial transaction, there's no loving assistance. We don't know who the heck our neighbors are on each side mm. is really, really tragic. It's a mm. massive tragedy. And uh, the first thing we got to do is just go, you know what? Okay. Open our hearts. Let's go meet our neighbors. Mm -hmm. Let's open our hearts to loving assistance mm -hmm. and help each other out. And that will build communities that can survive all comers, all yeah. comers. Yeah, that, that's really beautifully said. I really appreciate that. Do you feel that we are simply going through a, an evolutionary transition turbulence? Yeah, totally. Well, what we're going through right now is the, is the culmination of the Kali Yuga, yeah. which really peaked out around 1899, you know, which is the, you know, the age of materialism. God is dead. Right. That's a perfect uh, right. example. Kali Yuga, right. God is dead. Right. We're just peaked into total unconsciousness and like, Actually, they got people believing that there's no God, there's no higher power, there's no anything outside the human consciousness. This is why things like ayahuasca, ma magic mushrooms are so important yeah. now because yeah. they immediately disturb and destroy the idea that you are an isolated <laughs> consciousness, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Unlike they, anything they, else. They heal people of that immediately, like that harmonic deception that, mm. oh, it's just your materialistic nobody. And, you know, you want your dead and billions of years of evolution and all the other just the layers and layers and layers of nonsense that have driven people literally to the point of, of total despair yeah. and total and now the world to total crisis. Mm, mm -hmm, really, mm -hmm. It's it's got to come to this. It's It's all good, really. It's all, it's all good. It's still the best ever. It really is. I mean, I know now. I know it's like, come on, the, the billions of tons of glyphosate that's been dumped onto the earth, the billions of tons of pesticides, larvicides, fungicides has been dumped on the earth. When's it going to stop? It's going to have to come to a head at some point. And so why not now? Right. And, and I would say this is probably a very smooth landing that we have. This could be so much worse. All the instability and lack of, of integral structure, um, glyphosate being one horrendous example of many, many, many others. It's a surprise the whole deck of cards isn't torn up to shreds, falling, co covered in chemicals, DDT and, and everything. And yet it all seems to be working out. It, everything seems to be fine relative to one another. It seems like this is a very smooth, graceful collapse, um, if you can call it that, which I find a very, that's a spiritual perspective I, I find. Like that, that, so any, any, any idea of isolation in the universe or God being dead, whatever, you know, the, the irony of that statement, but that idea 
that there is no God, that it's all just, you know, it's, it's all rationalism or whatever nonsense. Um, is compl- this thing is being held together by such a thin thread that it's unexplainable by anyone ever, you know? You know, it's like 9-11. When you really analyze the minutia of the whole thing, none of it makes any sense. Right. The mask wearing makes no sense. The <laughs> self-isolation makes no sense. The social distancing, nonsensical, non-provable. The um, original charts that showed explosive growth and mm. millions dead. And then meanwhile, this guy turns out he had COVID-19, if that really exists. And then he's running off with this married woman. Oh yeah, that's right. We didn't even bring that part up. <laughs> right. And so this single guy who came up with the wrong projections, who had to finally say, look, I, I'm going to retire. I'm going or he quit actually, mm. who's running off with some married woman. This single guy collapsed the U.S. economy in the UK. He's a British guy. Yeah. And it's just the insanity of all the pieces of the puzzle. And, and it was one of these senators. I think it was Senator Rand Paul. Is that Rand name? Paul. That's right. He, somebody sent me a link today. And he's like, he's like, look, it's been nonstop wrong. Like, you were wrong about this. You were wrong about that. You were wrong about this. You were wrong about that. And so I don't know how many of those that people need to see. Like, hey, your media was wrong about this. They were, the government was wrong about that. They were wrong about this. The World Health Organization was wrong about that. They were wrong about this. Gates was wrong about that. How many wrongs do you need to see before you go, oh, it's all wrong? I, you know, I don't know. I don't, it's like if you, if you didn't get this a month or two ago, I don't know if you ever will. And that is, that is something I, I accept as part of being on this planet this time. I'm not going to try to to burst the bubble for you. It's like, like you said, at the very last possible second, consciousness will have its day. It will seize victory. And in some people, I feel like, I mean, I don't even know. It's just insanity. It's just like, yeah, to your point, how many, how much, it's almost like it's not about information, right? It's something deeper. It's something embedded within that person's constitution or their conditioning where it's, it's, it really isn't about the information itself. It's the knee-jerk reactions and the, the, the emotional responses that have to be overcome. It's not about actually presenting the evidence, because if it was, there would be no shenanigans happening, and all these doctors wouldn't even be you know, playing out the roles that they are on a more of a maybe a cosmological level. I don't know. I mean, that's really well said. I mean, what you're, what you're getting after is that if we had a really a scientific world, then we would have none of this nonsense going on. So the whole, that proves scientism right there. Right. Right. None of this is scientific. It's all scientismic though. And that unfortunately is the dominant worldview adopted by the Western world. The materialism, the mechanistic thinking, you have to have the credentials. And if you don't have the credentials, that we want, even though you have them, but we don't like them, we'll just, then we'll discredit you. So your stuff's discredited now. And the, then the personal attacks have to follow because you don't fit into our scientism model, which really nothing fits into the scientism model. It, it's just, I, I think what's happening here is the people who are meant to wake up, they're waking up in a, me, in a mega way and massive. Yeah. The people who won't wake up, they're not going to wake up no matter what happens. It doesn't matter what kind of evidence you present to them. So yeah. there's no sense in even going to even presenting to those people, right? which is why I've kind of abandoned Facebook as a platform because it's too mainstream. Those people are too caught up in the scientism. They're not willing to move. They're not willing to budge. 
they can't transform their lives. Mm. So mm. I want people who want to take the step, get Telegram message. You take a step, go to tele, go to my app or go to my um, page on tel- my daily news feed. Take that step. And if you're willing to take those two steps, then I'm like, okay, here you go. Mm. But no way I'm going to just put that out on Facebook anymore. People don't mm. care. They're, they're, what are they going to do? Troll you to death? Waste your time. Wait, waste your valuable time. valuable thing you have. Yeah, I can't believe how much time has been wasted in this whole this whole thing. Just just being on Facebook and just going through different things and and fighting trolls. Now I know I know a little bit about what you've been through because I had to just over some dumb face masks. I had to like cut some heads left and right, and I'm like, this is stupid. Like I just stopped responding to people. I'm like, block, block, block. Like this is dumb. This is a waste of my life and my energy. And I think that's why those people exist in my fractal reality in this moment test me if I'm smart enough to engage or disengage. And I've, I've failed and succeeded in that litmus test a few times. Well done. I mean, that's <laughs> we, we all have. And, and eventually I, I got through so many of those. I was like, this platform of like, anybody can see it, anybody can access it, and anybody can feedback on it is aramonic. It's allowing people to unload their toxicity and disturb my day. It's like, no, I don't even want it to waste the time blocking you. I'll go to a platform where it's take it or leave it. Sorry, mm-hmm. you don't like it too bad for you. Bye. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. so much better that way. So anyway, that's why you know, I ended up on Telegram Messenger, as you know, and that's why I've been really driving from that, that position. But that, you know, the use of Facebook and the use of YouTube and the use of Twitter and the use of Instagram is to basically produce some of your content that if the people want to come deeper, then right. they can come through those portals to come deeper. And then you, and you, you as an educator, you can, I've done the same thing. You've create things that people actually have to invest in, in some way. Like, and that's, a, that's a whole other topic, entrepreneurship 101 and, and, and getting out of this whole influencer culture and getting into being actual teachers and coaches and leaders, which is a big part of my work now and why I've started a whole new direction in actually educating health coaches on how to be masterful mentors not just influencers i never played that game never resonated with me i'm i'm a teacher you're a teacher that's why i resonate so much with you um and many other many of your colleagues who have become mine and just our contemporaries um which is which is not as prevalent in my generation um but i feel like i'm, I'm about to be 35 going on 50 so i don't necessarily associate with my demographic as much as i do with maybe you know, you and, and, you know, even Gabriel and many of the, many of my contemporary, my, my, really my mentors. Um, so I'm really thankful for that. And I know that you're, you're getting, uh, we're getting close to the wire. I could do that. I could keep going on with you. And I feel that same thing from you too. Yeah. I mean, this has been a wonderful conversation and, and glad to, uh, to share all that. And, and hopefully it goes out there and resonates with some people and brings them deeper into the conversation and, and deeper into the investigation because this investigation is phenomenal. Yeah, it really is. It's fascinating. It's interesting. I love the meme warfare going on. You know, I'm engaged in guerrilla <laughs> meme warfare every morning, every night, all day long. It's just so intense and so much fun and it's so interesting and so exciting and it's, it's cool. You know, it's really cool what's happening mm-hmm. right now. So mm-hmm. what a time to be alive. What an incredible time. Speaking of memes, my favorite one is of Donald Trump, which he posted, which is, I hope you had fun investigating me. Now it's my turn. Obama Did he post gate. that? He posted that like yesterday. Yeah. Whoa. And, and we're going to start seeing, by the way, you know, for, I, I call them the demon craps and reptilians. 
the, them. The, no, meaning the Democrats and Republicans. Oh, oh, to, oh the, the Democrat. Oh, that's a whole. That, that's the craziest the, thing ever. The demon craps and the reptilians. Um, oh, wow. We're we're about to oh. find out because one of the things that Trump has proven to me is that he is not involved in that corruption. They are. Mm-hmm. And I want to mm-hmm. see it now. I want to see because I haven't really investigated how corrupt like yeah. Adam Schiff is or Obama yeah. or whoever, you know, whatever, George Bush, whatever. Yeah. But I want to see it. I want to know. I want to see so justice. I want, I'm I want to see justice like, too. We're, we're ready for it. Yep. Bring it. Bring it. Let's see it. Let's see it. I want to see something makes like, um, what was the other Watergate? I want to see something makes Watergate look like child's play. I want to see how corrupt these people really are because I never voted for any of them ever. So mm-hmm. we'll see. And, and I'm, I'm excited to see, but at this point, you know, we got to put our, our efforts behind Trump because Trump looks like he's the only one in there fighting against the deep state. I, that's what it looks like to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This whole Biden nonsense, this whole, this whole, the whole political thing in and of itself is a complete sham, but you're, even I was talking to my grandmother yesterday and she's like, I was like, I think he's going to win. She's like, I sure hope so because he's the only thing and her 93 years old, she doesn't know about any of this, but she has sensibility. <laughs> And she's also Armenian too, so. How cute, that's so funny. It's like, I really hope you're right because Donald Trump needs to win. He's the only one we can count on. I was like, okay, damn, all right. You know, I'm praying that that they start unloading. I wanna see corruption exposed. I wanna see the government broken to pieces. I wanna see the whole thing laid bare before the American people and before the world. Bring it, let's see it. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Yes. 100%. This is the only time I've ever felt proud to be American, ironically enough. Like, well, the whole world's looking at America right now, especially yeah. right now, and going, bring it, show us, show us the way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and mm-hmm. I, I'm excited every day for it. Let's see <laughs> what happens. Bring it, baby. It's on. Yeah. Fucking David Avocado Wolf. The man, the myth, the legend, dude. I just... Yeah, so much love to you, so much appreciation over after all these years and up to this point and all the years to come. Um, so much that can be said, but just, yes, yeah, so much love to you and appreciation for all that you do. And, uh, you know, this conversation Thanks, was easily the best ever. That was the best ever. Really was. <laughs> Thanks, bro. That was wonderful. Great to hear your voice, bro. Great to see you. Give my best to Wade. That was wonderful seeing him the other day. Yes. Have the best time ever in Sedona. Big love to all you and, you know, your family and your grandma. That was wonderful, bro. Yeah. I got to jump on another, another meeting. So right, have brother. the best day ever. Have the best day ever. Much love. Much love. Aloha.